There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. NFL Friday back for the playoffs. The playoffs are just getting started here in the NFL. We got that slated up this weekend. NFL Friday, of course, a production of WFUV Sports. I am Brian Rabax. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by Sebastian Seabach and Caleb Stein. Guys, you're big football fans, as am I. So the playoffs is always a really exciting year. We can break down the end of the regular season with a lot of important storylines there. And then also, we got playoff football this weekend. Six games on the doctrine from Saturday to Sunday and even Monday night. So I'm excited. Guys, are you excited as I am for the playoffs? Are we pumped up or what? Stout. That's a great yeah. way to put it. Definitely very stoked. Stoked. And, and you know very what? That's, that's all you have to say. Stoked. That's all we need. And we'll cover all those matchups later. A couple of pretty exciting ones. Some interesting return, rivalry, revenge matchups, if you will. But we'll cover some of the housekeeping items towards the end of the regular season that we need to. Uh, this is the second week in a row, I believe. I'm just We're just glossing over the Jets because really their offseason plans are just bring everybody back. That's other than that. So if we, unless we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his nonsense going on on the Pat McAfee show, but I don't know if we really need to do that. So we'll focus on other drama going on. And this is uh, with the Giants right now. Just the last couple of days have been crazy as a Giants fan, just looking at all these stories that have come out. So the report that Wink Martindale and Brian Dable didn't get along dur- during the season from Jay Glazer, that ended up being 100% correct. And it came to a head at the end of the year where Wink Martindale resigned and did more than just that. He stormed out of his uh, final meeting with Brian Dable and apparently cursed him out and then went to his house in Sarasota, Florida and wouldn't officially resign. It was It was a crazy messy situation but that's kind of all been resolved now they did get some sort of resignation from wink martindale so the giants currently need a new defensive coordinator but just this whole thing between dable and the coaching staff and wink leaving is just crazy so i have my thoughts on it and i'll get into it in a little bit but caleb i'll throw it to you first just what are your thoughts on everything that went down here with the giants I think it's 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 unfortunately, although for me as a Patriots fan, maybe fortunately, so representative of this giant season, just being so frustrating, so 
as if there's almost not any answer. I mean, I think the last time I was on NFL Friday, maybe three weeks ago, we were looking at, you know, the draft futures of, of what the Giants could do. And even if they draft in the first round, which is obviously obviously unlikely, and they get their guy, that's a that's one piece of so many that they have to fill. And with this whole Dave Lamarndale, you know, catastrophe pretty much going on, it's just, it's so 23 Giants and it it caps off the season in all the wrong ways. And I, I kind of echo that. I mean, here's here's my take on it. As more stuff has come out, I initially saw it and was like kind of, whoa, this is a horrible look on Brian Dable. This shouldn't be happening. And it's not great anyway that there is so much turmoil between him and one of his coaches. But the more stuff that has come out, the more I've started to take Brian Dable's side. With I'm the- on Dable's side too, yeah. Yeah, but it's just the way that it sounds. And there's an article that came out in the New York Post that kind of summarized this everything that happened, or tried to at least, where – Dable fired two of Wink's trust assistants in the in in the in the linebackers coaches that they had, the Wilkins brothers. But uh, and then after that, Wink just lost it. But that's the difference between Dable and Wink. Dable had to fire his offensive line coach and Bobby Johnson, and they were very close to each other, like came from Buffalo. But Dable did it to help the team get better. And when Wink Martindale had to deal with departing with his trusted assistants that coached the position group that didn't do great with the Giants this year, he blew a gasket and it seemed like he just wanted out. He just, he couldn't wait to leave. He wanted to get fired. The Giants didn't fire him. And the whole thing is just so messy. And there's so much to go around here. Just dysfunction is the word that I think best summarizes this whole thing. And Sebastian, if you have any thoughts here, this function is definitely the perfect way to describe this John season. And if you kind of look at it, you know, the, the, the exchange between, you think of the exchange between Wink Martindale and Brian Dable uh, toward the end of the season, I think you kind of think of, you know, some of the early exchanges that, you know, players have had on the sidelines, you know, especially in the Cowboys game where there were fights going on between Giants players. Uh, Brian Dable yelling at his offensive lineman, Evan Neal, during the season against the Raiders when they were offside. Um, so it's it's really just been a bunch of, bad blood within the team that has really just spoiled over throughout the season. And that Cowboys game is kind of where everything really started. Cause I mean, the giants defense got torched in that game. And then a week later, the report that Dable and Wink aren't getting along, but credit to Brian Dable here. He did what he could to limit this and like not have it be a distraction. Whereas Wink Martindale is kind of just letting everything out on the table right now. And also when it leaks out that Dable and his coaching staff isn't getting along, like who's leaking that information out? It's the coaches and probably the assistance of Wink Martindale who just got let go. So there's a whole tons of different angles that as a Giants fan, I've been looking at the last couple of days and just trying to, rationale everything but i i take dable's side i kind of credit him and if you have a coaching staff that's kind of not doing their part and not kind of upholding what you want the vision to be then don't 
keep him around. But just the thing, Caleb, that just like is so unfortunate to me is that like Wink Martindale is a really good defensive coordinator. And it's just so unfortunate that these issues boiled over where the Giants and Wink Martindale couldn't stay together. It wouldn't it wouldn't have been able to work. But just losing that presence at the D.C. position is just so tough. And now the Giants, they're looking as of right now for a new offensive coordinator for 2024. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was one of the few pretty solid pieces that the Giants had, obviously, all season. Um, and it's, you know, I, I don't know what your perspective would be as a Giants fan necessarily, but maybe scrapping oh, so much of the team and the personnel is good to the point where it's like it can only go up from here. You're on the way bottom, but I don't know. I mean, as a Patriots fan, I kind of feel the same way. We'll get into that, obviously. Well, they're, they're tearing everything down over there. They're completely revamping everything. Right. Um, and I, I still don't know how I feel. Well, I, I think, you know, I think, you know, this John season is definitely rock bottom for sure. Like they somehow managed to escape away with six wins, but you kind of have to look at the, you know, the relationship between the players and it's not a good one at all. So, you know, uh, I think, you know, it kind of starts at the quarterback position because they, they don't really have the players that they need to build this chemistry together and they don't have the coaches that they have, you know, to build the chemistry together. So I think, you know, it kind of just goes both ways in which they kind of have to fix everything. I think from a chemistry standpoint, the Giants, they have core pieces that they've had and they have a couple of free agents too. Like what are they going to do with Saquon Barkley? Xavier McKinney is a free agent who also at a point in the year spoke out that the Giants leaders on defense weren't being heard. And another, I don't mean to keep just trashing on Wink Martindale, but instead of kind of brushing into the side, like Dable did, Wink just like added fuel to the fire and kind of dogs Xavier McKinney to the media for like eight minutes. And so, so that's just another issue. But I think that there is still talent with this Giants team. They do have a chance to be competitive. And I do think it's good that despite all this turmoil going on at the end of the year and how things could have just been a disaster and ended the way that the the Ben McAdoo and Joe Judge regimes ended, Brian Dable kept this team together and still scratched out, I think, like four wins in the last seven games to end the year, including a dominant win over an Eagles team that needed to win to win the division. So they beat an Eagles team with a lot to play for to end the year. And there's stuff you can hold your head high on. There's obviously a lot of things that needed to be better. And from now, the Giants, after getting through this whole thing with Wink and Dable, they're going to be looking for a new defensive coordinator and try to revamp the coaching staff after making a couple of changes and then just seeing, at this point, who you go after free agency and who you go after in the draft. But a lot went on with the Giants in the last couple of days that I felt that we needed to address now let's get to the real big headlines and Caleb's a Patriots fan right with us so let's get into the big big headline that dropped today Bill Belichick and the Patriots part ways after 24 years of Belichick at the helm six Super Bowl rings a ton of dominance over those 24 years but the way things have gone recently Belichick and the Patriots felt that this was the right way to go to mutually part ways. So Caleb, I'll throw it to you. If you have any parting words as a Patriots fan for Bill Belichick, but 
24 years and he's out of here. Does it, does it feel real? Is it just still like not real in your head? I think after the Brady departure and the Brady retirement, I'm a little bit more desensitized to these big Boston sports legends, especially for, um, you know, Gen Z kids like myself who grew up, you know, in that golden era of six years, 10 parades, that whole, that whole thing. Um, so it, it, it feels real, I think mainly because of, because of Tom. Um, but it's, it's, it's really sobering to really think about it. And when you realize in moments like this in, in, in times when just momental figures are leaving the franchise that they pretty much built. I mean, the thing about Boston sports teams generally pretty much every team, except for the Patriots is that they've been good historically and historically on a broad sport. We're talking a hundred years. We're talking centuries, right? The Red Sox had that, had that curse, but the Patriots were not a team that was even close to a bandwagon team before 2002. And the fact that it was a total bandwagon team when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, and now it's kind of, you know, down on the, down on the, totally down on the decline really is, is just, it's really interesting to think that it's like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were, they made the Patriots what people think of the Patriots are today. They, they totally did more than Ortiz made the Red Sox more than Ted Williams. made the Red Sox. Now the Red Sox are a more historic franchise, but success in New England is Belichick or Brady. And then there's the whole argument now that was a big argument in 18 and 19 of whether the Patriots success was more Belichick or more Brady. I think now it's pretty clear to say that it was more Brady. I know some people might disagree, but I don't think they have the strongest argument, especially after the four win season that just finished. So it's, it's definitely sobering. I wouldn't say it's, it doesn't feel real. But it's definitely sobering and it's definitely, I think, more of a, a a a positive emotion than a negative one because it's like you had it the, time. it was totally time. It was right after the season. We didn't wait. We didn't play games. We're moving on and we're, we're I think we're giving Bill his due. So thank you, Bill. Yeah, I think, you know, this was kind of, us knowing that Bill Belichick was on the way out. And it was kind of the same thing for Brady last year after the disappointing season. So it's not like they were leaving after their peak and, or, or you know, with the possibility that they could give more to the franchise. It was them leaving after, oh, doing their due diligence and good years of service and, you know, being on their way out on the decline. And I think this was the case right here. And you, if you look at the coaches around the league, you see a lot of coaches, you know, younger than 40 years old. So a lot of players, you know, this day and age prefer what the term is called players coaches, you know, coaches that, and I like, I think you basically see a lot of older coaches on the way out as we'll probably discuss more like Pete Carroll as well. He just stepped down from the Seahawks. Um, and I, I think, you know, definitely it's, it's because a lot of coaches, uh, players prefer players coaches and that coaches are getting younger. I mean, with this Belichick situation, I mean, we saw it coming. The writing was on the wall, right? And I think that the last two seasons in New England have kind of given Patriots fans and everyone else the idea that the days of expecting the Patriots to just be good because Bill Belichick is the coach, that's just not 
realistic, especially with the way this team was built. There's just no no offensive weapons, still question marks at the quarterback position, injuries on defense, and here it ends in a 4-13 and season. And I think, Caleb, like you were saying, it, you're right, where – it was it was time like after a four and 13 year maybe it was just the right time for the patriots to go in a different direction belichick he's old but i don't think he's done coaching apparently he wants to go somewhere else and we can further speculate as to where he's going to go post new england but we we saw this coming it took a couple of days and you did kind of wonder like are they going to keep him around they will draft a new quarterback can he develop somebody but Listen, not everyone that goes to the New England Patriots is going to end up being Tom Brady. I think we're learning that with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and just whoever's been under center at on that team in the last two years. So Belichick is gone. He's no longer a New England Patriot, but I don't think he's done. I, the way that it's being explained to me now is that He's going to go coach somewhere else. So we know that there are a couple more head coaching openings. Does anyone have a just any sort of speculation, a guess as to where Bill goes after his career with the Patriots? I don't have an I don't have a strong educated one. I mean, the odds were out of um, on DraftKings that were just were just released. I didn't see the exact odds, but a lot of people have been floating around the commanders. Um as a somewhat logical option, but I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not convinced or educated enough to really know and have a strong answer to be honest with you. People are saying chargers too. That yep. seems to be another potential destination. And I also saw on ESPN that, or according to Schefter, there's, he hinted at the fact that there's a mystery team that would go after him, but they haven't fired their head coach yet. So there's still like, a, there's no coaching vacancy there. So that's, kind of interesting for whatever reason the first team i thought of was the jets like if they just can sala and bring in bill belichick because bill belichick you feel like he would go to a division rival that that's something that he would possibly do i don't know thought like thoughts on thoughts on that crazy speculation if he goes to a team that doesn't have hasn't fired their coach i don't hate that I don't hate that at all. I mean, it 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 gets the gets the Jets Patriots rivalry going a little bit more. You know, we need we need sparks there for sure. Um, plus, plus it's more of a veteran presence too when you got Rodgers on that team as well. Yes, yeah, that would be that would be interesting. That'd be pretty electric. Not very likely, but would be pretty cool. I think. No, it's definitely not like they'd still have to go through firing their head coach. But I mean, doesn't it kind of like? As a Patriots fan, sure, it was time, but like Bill Belichick's tenure with the Patriots ended in a loss to the New York Jets. The New York Jets, I guess, technically ended Bill Belichick's career as a New England Patriot. That's got to sting a little bit, right? Doesn't it? It it stings less and more because it was just a crap show of a season anyway. And he was on his way out. There wasn't a, you know, at least this wasn't a, a playoff um implicate this didn't have playoff implications this wasn't in the playoffs so i think that's a little bit different i mean this is just more of like a lame way to a lame way to lose than a stinging painful way to lose if that makes sense sure and losses back-to-back weeks to the bills and the jets who the patriots have just dominated for years it's kind of it's ironic how that kind of plays out but 
whatever. Bill's Bill's done as a Patriot, and we'll see what's next for him. But at least we had a little a little bit of a chance to kind of get ready for Bill Belichick's departure with New England. Uh, the news from Seattle of Pete Carroll stepping away as coach of the Seahawks came completely out of nowhere. This is a team that overachieved the last couple of years, you could say. They were projected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL last year with Geno Smith as quarterback. They all of a sudden made the playoffs that year. They went 9-8 and eight again, missed the playoffs, but still two straight winning seasons post-Russell Wilson. And Pete Carroll's out. He's 72 years old, so that probably plays a role in his stepping down because he's staying as an advisor. He's not going and coaching again, but... Still, I was pretty shocked when I saw the tweets yesterday that Pete Carroll was done. So just Seabock, I'll throw it to you. Just what was your reaction to the news here? Were you were you as shocked as I was? Yeah, I was I was definitely as shocked as you were because you know the Seahawks, they have they definitely have talent on their team. And I thought, but you know, I thought the chemistry and the team that uh Pete Carroll put together, um, it definitely came as a shock for me because you know, I, I don't really see like it's basically the idea of bringing in a new head coach is that you would want the team to get better. And based off, you know, what I've seen from the Seahawks and what Pete Carroll has done, I don't really think there's anybody as good of a fit for the Seahawks as Pete Carroll. So the only thing I can think of of why he, he stepped down was probably because, as you said, probably because of his age. Um, other than that, uh, I was I was completely shocked as you were. I was I was surprised. And I think to to echo your claim there is that Carroll did way more than what he should have done with this team, with with the pieces of this team. Going, you know, nine and eight, which was obviously they just missed the playoffs. But I'm starting to wonder if that was just more of like an age-related decision potentially. Cause he's he's up there. I mean, he's what is he's late 70s by now. I mean, he looks a lot younger. Um, 72. Yeah. So oldest coach in the NFL before before all this. So, and yeah, Bill's, so that, you know, there's I think there's logic there because I don't th- I mean, you know, sometimes it's it can be kind of like a soft retirement from the working lifestyle, especially that he's staying in an advisory role. So that might be a a, a major part of it. And, you know, he, as, as much as it 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 might be a little antithetical to say he did miss the playoffs, you know, for the for you know the third time in a row so i don't know i think it might be mostly age related but definitely a a surprising headline for sure i think i think mostly most of it has to do with just age i mean obviously the i don't think the seahawks were going to be rushing pete carroll out as coach as head coach of the team i mean just look his resume speaks for itself he's a super bowl champ he's made the playoffs countless times and really rejuvenated that Seahawks team when he stepped in there. And even in years like last year where they were projected to be horrible, he still was able to make the most of things and took that team to the playoffs that really didn't have any business going there at the start of the season. And Geno Smith has played well, learning under that system. He's been there for a couple of years. So overall, I think as a Seahawks fan, you have to be a little taken aback. I'd love to get Chris Carino's thoughts on this, actually our resident Seahawks fan here at WFUV. But yeah, I just, I was really shocked seeing this news and yeah, Seahawks fans, this is all they've known for the last like 13 years or so. And now they have to find a new head coach. So things are going to be different 
in Seattle, but just another shocking coaching change. And then one last one that we probably touch on quickly, the Titans fired Mike Vrabel, which I didn't understand two years ago. This guy was coach of the year, and the Titans were a totally talentless team. They, they've missed their Super Bowl window to contend. They had Will Levis, a second-round pick, playing quarterback. Like It was going to be a transitional year at 6-11. and 11. There's still not a lot of offensive weapons, and they fire Vrabel, who I, I think is a really good coach. I mean, Seabach, personally, I think this is a huge mistake, and you can – have your thoughts on it, but I think this is a huge mistake because I think when Vrabel hits the open market, a team's going to snatch him up in a second. Bad move. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, you know, the firing, I guess, is based off maybe that the players don't like him. Uh, other than that, I can't really see why they fired him because this Titans team, if you really look, on it, look, look at it on paper, this is probably, you're looking at one of, if not the worst teams in the NFL right now. And it's like, they're like the Giants. They're lucky to have, they were lucky to have I think six wins on the year because they they had what one two three quarterbacks Malik Willis Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis and Tannehill was started off the year as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league and I think and you have Will Levis stepped in he has a four touchdown game but they, they just could not generate anything offensively so I, I don't think this is Rabel's fault at all. I think it's just the lack of talent that is generated from this Titans team. It was not a smart move at all. I think that it was a total total misdirection as far as the 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 center of the problem. The center of the problem of of a you know six and eleven season like this is was pretty much all on the field. It was definitely not um the coaching staff, and it certainly wasn't with Rabel. So definitely a misdirected personnel move there. Um, we'll see if they can rebound in any way, but I think they definitely dropped the ball on that one for sure. And listen, with all that's gone on in the past couple of days in the news, I could see a reunion with Vrabel and the Patriots potentially. I think that's like a nice opening because he's played there, and I don't know. I feel like that would be a good fit for him. I think that's a solid option, but just a crazy, crazy move for the Titans to – fire him it's just like what are you doing like I, I get they want to go in a different direction but this guy's an excellent coach like it just doesn't make a lot of sense but that's where the Tennessee Titans are at they're kind of at a lost place in the in the AFC South but that's all we'll spend on it now let's get into the fun action ahead in playoff football so like I was saying earlier we got six games on the doctrine this weekend a couple of really really interesting ones so we'll start with the first game of the weekend. It's the Browns facing the Texans. We know what Joe Flacco has done, just turning that Browns season around and just leading them to the playoffs and playing really well. Potential comeback player of the year, CJ Stroud, looking like an offensive rookie of the year candidate, just the way he's turned that Houston Texans team around. I'm really intrigued in this matchup, and I think it's going to be fun between two offenses that have been Pretty fun to watch, but let's get some picks here and let's kind of decipher our way through this wild card weekend. So, Caleb, I'll throw it to you first here between the Browns and the Texans. Who you got? Definitely really close. You okay? It's our phone. Definitely really close. Um, but I'm I think I'm going. I'm going. Um, I'm going the Texans here. I'm going the Texans here. I trust. I trust Stroud and Flat. Like, oh, I. 
I want Flacco to do well. I'm a Flacco guy, um, but I'm going the Texans. Seabach? Uh, well, I, I disagree. I'm going the Browns, and here's why. C.J. Stroud has not really, other than the Jets, and I think the Jets were hurt in that game, C.J. Stroud has not really played a top three defense all year, and I think the Browns are the top three defense in that matter. So this is going to be a huge, huge test for C.J. Stroud, and I, I don't think the Texans are going to score more than 10 points this game. So uh, even though they're playing at home, I still think, you know, the Browns with their new quarterback in Joe Flacco is going to do enough to be able to, to beat the Texans. But I think the star of this game is going to be Miles Garrett and that Texas defense holding CJ, CJ Stroud back. I'm kind of with you here. Seabach. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, just with the way that Flacco has been playing recently. And like you said, that defense against CJ Stroud, I feel like it's going to give him a lot of issues as a rookie in his first playoff game. And just, it's a really strong unit and the Texans defense. I mean, it's an average, average unit. And they played the Texans. These two teams played each other in Houston uh, not too long ago. And Joe Flacco looked incredible and it was feeding yeah. Mark Cooper the ball he had like 150 yards in the second quarter it was just one of those games I think it's gonna be fun it's gonna be exciting but I do think the Cleveland Browns will take this one and Joe Flacco has never lost in the wild card round in his career so I think he's gonna keep that up so we got two in favor of the Browns one in favor of the Texans and we'll move on we got the night game on Saturday the peacock game it's the dolphins and the chiefs first of all uh, what do we what do we think of the whole peacock thing i mean i'm sure it irks nfl fans to no end by this point but i mean it's a crazy move by the league to throw mahomes and everybody on peacock i thought it was just going to be the worst matchup but no they put a good matchup on peacock so i'm just wondering what the room's thoughts are on that well well you know what it does brian it forces people to buy extra subscriptions. Yeah. That's what they that's what they want. It's additional marketing because they put the best game on there. They want people to buy the subscriptions for P, for Peacock so that they can watch the game. They put the most desirable game on Peacock so that people can buy the subscriptions. It's really just a marketing-based tactic and that that's really that that's really mostly of what it is. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. They, That's they just good business. It's just good business. Yep, good business. And at some and in some way, you do have to respect it. Also, the weather conditions, you've seen that like it could be like negative five degrees in Kansas City. Nice. I mean, it's insane. I don't know how I don't know how they're gonna survive e either of these teams, especially the Dolphins, which is kind of why I'm leaning more towards the Chiefs in this. I was gonna one. say that too, yeah. Yeah, it's just that I, I don't think I don't see Tua really handling cold weather all too well especially in like treacherous conditions so i'm gonna go with the chiefs the dolphins are also pretty banged up t-buck who do you got here uh i'm, I'm gonna go other way i'm gonna go with the dolphins really i am gonna go with the dolphins. i don't have I, I think you know Tua. he's probably gonna go throw for like 150 160 yards probably but i think you know the stars in this game will really just be the running game because i think the dolphins running game is better than you know, the Chiefs running game in that sense. And, you know, Mahomes is not going to do any magic this year. The team around him is absolutely atrocious, leading the league in drops. So, and with the weather given in, that's not going to help him as well. 
So I really think, you know, it's going to be the Dolphins running game that's going to be the start here. I think that, yeah, we agree, Brian. I think the Chiefs are taking it. Sweet. I'm I'm still, I mean, I guess the Dolphins got a shot, but I think the Chiefs are, like, heavily favored in this. So yeah. we, we, we like some different opinions here. Clashing a little bit. I like it. We'll move on to Sunday. Uh, Packers, Cowboys. I'm going to just put my pick down as Cowboys and say my reason is the Cowboys are playing at home and they don't lose at home. They're a wagon at AT&T Stadium, and I don't think that's going to stop in the wild card round. No disrespect to Jordan Love and the Packers, but the Cowboys are taking it. Caleb, how are you yep. thinking? Yep, pretty, pretty easily. I think the Cowboys will win. Yeah, I think pretty easily too. There's no major weakness in that team either. I think the real question for them is just going to be when you get to the divisional round and you have to play, I don't know, the Eagles again or who who am I missing here? The well, the, the, Niners, Niners, the Eagles or the Bucks, yeah. Even the Rams because they they won't play the Niners until the conference conference yeah. final. But that those are the questions that are going to lie ahead. Uh, and then also in that day, we got the Steelers and the Bills. And I'm just going to put my pick down as Bills and just not even really give an explanation because I have no confidence in the Steelers in this postseason. What do you guys think? Smart money's on the Bills, especially at home. I mean, the Steelers, I think you could make the argument that they overachieved a little bit, but I think smart money's definitely on the Bills. Well, yeah, I think I'm going to put it on the Bills, but I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people think. So it's mm. probably going to be one score game, even with TJ Watt out, but I'm, I'm still going to roll Bills based on how they're rolling. TJ Watt out, I mean, that's a big loss for the Steelers. And they're a really good defensive team. And you know what? They do play a quarterback in Josh Allen who turns the ball over a lot. But I just think Buffalo at home, I have no reason to think that they're going to lose with the way that they're playing as of late and just the weird like lack of confidence that I have in the Steelers. Like Mason Rudolph's leading that team into the playoffs. I don't like it one bit. No way. Uh, We'll now now go to the I think the most exciting matchup of the weekend. It's the Rams and the Lions. It's Matthew Stafford's return to Detroit. It's a Jared Goff revenge game against the team that traded him. Thought that they were going to send him off to die in Detroit, and he kind of helped turn that team around. Uh, I'll throw it to you guys first. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts on this, Caleb. Who you got here between this like kind of revenge matchup on both teams? It's definitely it's definitely gonna be really close. I'm leaning I'm leaning Lions here just after that that Vikings win. I think I think Goss got the got the momentum, and we're looking at obviously a probably a, a much colder day in Detroit than the Rams are 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 used to. They got home field advantage. I'm going Lions. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna go Rams, and I think part of that also comes from experience uh, from the Super Bowl in 2021. I also think that their team is just better. So, I mean, you look at the lines, they have talent all the way around, but on off and, and, but on offense, you know, you, you really have really only two main offensive weapons on there in Sam Laporta, who is banged up recently and Amon Ross St. Brown. So they're just going to be feeding those guys the ball and on, and for the Rams, you know, you have Puka Nukua, you have Cooper cup, you have Higby. So you have all like Matthew Stafford's ability to move the ball around. I think, 
will probably be better than Jared Goff's ability to. And I think the Rams defense, you know, is is basically equivalent to the Lions defense, but because of the experience, I'm gonna go Rams. I'm so close to flipping a coin here. It's just so like it's this is really just a toss up, but I think I'm gonna go with the Rams just because of the way they've been playing and it sucks because the Lions have been so good all year long, but I just I just think that the Rams are gonna take it by like a field goal or something. But I really think either team can come away with the win here. But I'm gonna pick Rams and then the last matchup of the weekend, or I guess not the weekend, it's on Monday. Eagles, Bucks, Monday night football. I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm picking Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. I, the Eagles have just been dreadful coming into this game, and then they're banged up. A.J. Brown got hurt in the game against the Giants. So did Jalen Hurts. He hurt his finger. I don't like the way the Eagles are coming into this, and I think the Bucks are a real trap game. So we're running out of time here. So just real quick, who you guys got between the Eagles and the Bucks? I think I'm. I think I'm taking. I think I'm taking the Eagles. I know they're. I know they're banged up. I don't think the Bucks are are just that. That that dominant. I had Baker Mayfield on my fantasy team weeks weeks ten through thirteen. He he didn't he didn't do great. You know, if you only score nine against the Panthers so recently, I don't I don't trust you against the Eagles. I think the Bucks, you know, can be sneakily good on offense. So I'm I'm gonna take the Bucks. And the Eagles defense, you know, last year I think this Eagles defense would kill the Bucks. This year the Eagles defense was pretty average. So the, the Bucks can sneakily be good against the Eagles. And the way the offense has performed for the Eagles, there's there's really just I, I think you know the Bucks are gonna come away at this game. I think there are a lot of moments where Baker looked pretty good this year. So I do like the Bucks as a sneaky team, and I think that they'll take care of business against the Eagles on Monday. But that'll run through our playoff picks and that'll wrap up this episode this week a shout out to joe henry who's producing for us this week everyone enjoy your playoff football this is a really exciting time of the year i know i will from caleb stein and sebastian seabach i'm brian rayback saying thank you to listening to this episode nfl friday is a production of wfuv sports